this is an accidental series. Uh, it's a chat and a conversation with colleagues and friends um, at Barton Wilmore and uh, addressing some of the gritty issues and hopefully finding some solutions under the uh, the banner of hashtag find a way. So Ian Painting is joining me today and myself took the plunge last week and we, uh, we did a podcast looking at the impact of COVID and the crisis um, on housing completions and what we needed to do to try and prop some of that up and well, fortunately, being as is uncut, we didn't get any complaints, we didn't get any arrests, um, which is surprising. Um, and uh, we've had plenty of downloads and feedback, so we decided we'd keep going, didn't we, Ian? Um, so today's podcast, we've got some exciting and great guests, and we're going to give each of them the opportunity to be Secretary of State for the day. So if I was Secretary of State, I would. Um, so we're delighted to welcome some guests uh, with us today and uh, help us move some attention to where we are moving towards exit from COVID crisis. Lots of discussion about COVID itself and uh, move towards the exit and what we need the industry and the government to address um, the, the negative impacts of that. So my name is Robin Shepherd. I'm partner at Barton Wilmore. With me is Ian Painting, who's senior partner at Barton Wilmore as well. And together we roam around the, uh, the south and southeast of England, dealing with all sorts of planning and development conundrums. Um, and we're delighted to welcome our Secretary of State for today. We have Tom Martin, who's Director of uh, Quattro PR, who leads the strategic plan team, uh, specialist in political and community engagement. Uh, welcome to you, Tom. Um, we have Ghislaine Halpenny, who is Director of Strategy and External Affairs at the Brit British Property Federation. She's been lobbying government in that lead role for the last 11 years, so uh, credit to you for that. You're still going strong. Um, and I'm delighted we have our very own Christian Gray with us today, um, known uh, better his own podcast called Fifty Shades of Planning, Sam Stafford, um, who's Regional Strategic Land Director for Barrett David Wilson. Uh, welcome to you all. Hi Robin, thank you. Uh, today we're going to consider this hypothesis that if we're going to achieve 300,000 homes a year, we need specific and fast action from the Secretary of State, from you guys. We need specific and fast action from each of you with, as you pick up the mantle of being Secretary of State for the day um, and your wider government to ensure we can maximise the contribution that housing and development can make to this economic recovery. But not only does it need to be fast, um, those changes need to be quick, but also need to address both short and longer term impacts. Um, so the first question is sort of focus around and, and perhaps we'll position this to, to Tom for a start is around leadership. Um, clearly, there's a need for change. There's a need for strong leadership. Um, but here you are. You're now Secretary of State for a moment and, and all you other Secretary of States feel free to interject and tell him he's got it all wrong. What would you focus on first, Tom? Well, thanks, Robin. Um... As part of the brief that you've given us, um, I'll, just, I'll just read the open line back. Specific and fast action is required from the Secretary of State. And I, first of all, I, I think praise is due for the Secretary of State and for MHCLG. I think they have taken fast and specific action already. Um, now, whether that's the Coronavirus Act um, that was introduced and the subsequent steps for instruments, um, or whether it's this week's planning update, um, I think what's, what's very telling is the fact that they haven't issued prescriptive guidance. I think they have introduced a framework to keep local authorities um, or to encourage local authorities to keep the wheels of, uh, of planning turning. Now, whether that's a virtual planning committee uh, or whether that's delegated powers, I think they have certainly looked at uh, a range of measures to make sure that the industry doesn't grind to a halt. But Ghislaine, do you think that's enough? Do you think they're sort of they're just tinkering at the edges here? Don't you need to do a little bit more? I think there are all sorts of things that should be done. Um, I mean, the, the biggest thing from our perspective is that the commercial 
property market is is falling on its knees. Um, you know, you look at the March rent intake and March rent intake even, and it was down in the sort of 30s and 40% where it should be up at 99. June is going to be significantly worse. We've been talking to government about the potential of a furloughed space grant scheme that they have in Denmark. So this would be something whereby those who either can pay and aren't paying, so can pay the campaign and should pays, or um, in, in a situation where you've got a small business that, that is really struggling and needs to conserve, conserve cash, then you could have some form of government rent subsidy um, that, would, that would help out and, and stop the industry simply grinding to a halt. Um, we've been talking to government about this. If I was Secretary of State, that's definitely what I'd do, along with all, all sorts of other things that I'm sure we, we can come onto a bit later. Just picking up, Gislaine, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because what's come out so far has been looking at the mechanics of planning system in the COVID lockdown, shall sure. we say. Um, it hasn't addressed the lifespan of planning permissions in Section uh, 735, as many of us have asked it to do so, so far. And, and, and your point, you know, is looking up, you know, there's wider issues, isn't there, facing our sector moving forward rather than just the mechanics or the planning system. And most local reports have been very good in going online. You know, all, they've all worked towards Teams and Zoom meetings, etc. But those, those endemic problems we've had, which we all knew were there, um, are still there, aren't but they? I, you know? But I think it's really difficult. I think, you know, officials, government was, in a sense, caught on the back foot with all of this. You can see that with the kind of the wider discourse around the COVID response. And really frustratingly including within our sector it's been for weeks and weeks and weeks now a case of fighting fires on a daily basis they're just about getting themselves in the same way that all the you know our colleagues and friends are everyone's just about getting themselves now to the stage where we can begin to tentatively talk about recovery and think about what the next couple of months you know weeks months years are going to look like rather than oh god what have i got to do today to get through tomorrow and that as a you know as a as a lobbyist as someone who has a membership body to work you know body of members to work for is incredibly frustrating but you've also got to feel for these officials who poor things are just kind of drowning in requests from people like you in bothering about them bothering them about section 73. Go on Sam tell them what we should be doing as a cabinet now your your secretary of state you've got the mantle. Oh Robin the role I was born to play when I was younger I'd (laughs) get myself off to sleep by you know imagining scoring winning goal for Lincoln in an FA Cup final. Now I'm older, I get myself off to sleep. Just imagine I'm Secretary of State. So this is the, this is a, this is the podcast I was born to contribute to. Um, I think, as Tom said, that the um, MHCLG's response to the pandemic has been as good as I think as industry would have hoped it could have been. I think it's responded to um, all of the concerns raised. I would expect some movement on... Um, the automatic extension of consents over the next couple of weeks because that requires some legislation. But I think everything else has um, uh, has been everything else that's been on the wish list has largely been uh, been attended to. Insofar, if the if the target if, if the, the job description handed to me by the Prime Minister upon my um, uh, appointment as Secretary of State was to get three hundred thousand homes a year, I would, into the medium term, be looking at the big three obstacles to local plan coverage, which are numbers, how the figure is arrived at, and the role of the technocrat versus the democrat in alighting upon a local housing need. I would look at Greenbelt. I would look at the duty to cooperate. And you wrap all of those things up and you head towards some kind of regional or 
sub-regional planning. And the longer term, if I was Secretary of State, and this depends upon which party I was representing, of course, as far as the appetite for this is concerned, um, that sub-regional regional planning um, lends itself or would go hand in glove with the devolution agenda. Leveling up. Anybody remember that? Um, yep. That's, um, you know, that, that then is a way of, um, you know, spatially manifesting that change at a, um, at a regional level. So I think but you know, by the time you've handled the green belt, I'm not sure if you've managed to get into the long term. Well, I, 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 I don't know how long it lasts, Robin. I don't know how long it lasts. Sam, Sam has set out some um, some medium and long term goals there. I, I'd like to come back. I'll come back to the question, and I think there's something that the government can do here and now to really help us get towards that 300,000 figure. And I'm going to find the case for local government. So I think one of the things that uh, Mr. Jenrick can do immediately is increase funding for local government. Um, and I think that's twofold. First thing I think we all, I hope we all accept that most planning departments do a good job as uh, underfunded and overworked entities. And I think providing more funding to them, particularly at the moment where they're grappling with different ways of working and um, you know, increased scrutiny, I think would be a good thing. But I suppose more fundamentally, I would like to see local authorities given the money needed to be an active participant in the housing market. And by that, I mean building homes themselves. The last time we got to the 300,000 number was um, under Harold Macmillan, I believe. And that was because local authorities were a driving force in the number of homes being built. Um, local authorities have the land, uh, well, they have significant land in their ownership already. So you strip out the issue about land assembly. They also have a much, um, I'm saying, much better understanding than national government about what homes are needed in specific areas, um, whether that's you know, social rents, um, private homes, shared ownership, whatever that might be. So I think they could start to make a real dent in that number from day one. But are they you know, going to do that? I remember taking on the, um, I was a, involved at a housing association in the early days of a large-scale voluntary transfer. And we spent five years trying to make all of those properties better. I don't know, Sam, what's your view on, are they, are they equipped? Are they able to do that? Um, well, there's no more, uh, without 100% without plan coverage, there's no more land available to build 300,000 homes a year than there is to build 240,000 homes a year. So um, I think additionality in land supply is required. I think if, um, if local authorities, well, planning is a function of politics and politics is choices. And the choice over successive governments has been to fund or to, to support low-income families in housing through housing benefit, which ultimately ends up in the hands of private landlords. That money is not going to direct commissioning of new homes by either Homes England or local authorities or RPs. That's a political choice. There's a lever there that could be, you know, that could be that could be pulled with a with a you know, with a change in with a change in government. Um, as to whether or not if that were the case is the additionality in beyond land insofar as skills, trades, and so on is there. I don't know, but maybe that comes in parallel with a bit, uh, you know, the greater drive is, is now the time for modular. You know, we need to be building faster. We need to be building with fewer trades on site. Is, 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 the, is this the time finally for, um, for the modular um, revolution? Probably not if it's going to be left to the market still, but, you know, as Tom suggested, with emboldened um, authorities and, Homes England, maybe, maybe they're the driver to, um, to, to push into, I mean, into it, that space. It, it feels like Homes England definitely have a role to play. 
it feels like they're you know they're, they're slightly the kind of they've been teed up to do it they've been given this new muscular can't remember what it was referred to there was a lot of muscular going on at the time um <laughs> nick walkley is is out there shouting shouting them where that they are they are here and they are ready and waiting all of the time they're into mmc they're into skills and talent they've got some of the best people in the business yet they are not really doing very much partly probably because they're not really allowed to do very much so it feels like if you're a secretary of state you should be out there making sure that they have the ability to deliver some of the things that they that they would like to do otherwise all those people are going to move on there'll be the usual shit kind of shuffle of talent and that so is the give other thing them off the leash basically yeah absolutely well, and that is and that is the um, other thing that if if you were secretary of state you should be doing is thinking about how to make planning a more interesting better you know Place to, place to work and place to be. We talk about giving local authorities the resources to, to, to build and to do their job. But unless you've got people who are wanting to go and work for them to do it, it's not going to be simply about paying them the, enough money to poach them from the private sector. You've got, there has to be a, an enormous drive to get enough people into the sector who are interested, who are passionate, who feel that it's about social justice and all of those good things, rather than people who do it because they did geography and quite liked colouring in. If I may just come in on the Homes England point. Um, don't forget, there's a chap who, um, who works in number 10 who knows Homes England pretty well, Sir Eddie Lister. Um, I, I, I think Jelaine's absolutely right to, to flag Homes England. To me, if we're serious about this target, Homes England is the missing, is the missing piece of the puzzle. And, and you might as well be chuckling when Jelaine mentioned the word muscular. I, I remember it as well. And, and I think that has completely dropped off the radar. Um, our old friend Nick Bowles, remember him? He used to be very prominent in planning circles. He's now no longer an MP. Um, I'm not sure what he's up to these days. Um, he produced a series of papers um, which Policy Exchange promoted. Um, and one of his suggestions was around um, beefing up another turf for muscular, I guess, um, Homes England and giving it the powers of um, German style land assembly. Now, whether that's CPO by another name. Um, but if Homes England had real powers to go out and put land together, um, take that through the, the local plan process and then effectively sell off parcels of land um, to house builders. To me, that's one way that they could be a much more active participant in the market and really speed up delivery. I mean, if I just, if I just come back on just Lane's point, I mean, I am a geographer who likes colouring in, dare I say, and I found town planning interesting. And that's why I'm now spending a lot of time every day on my own in a room. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking, most people and this is for Tom perhaps even better placed, is it that most Secretary of States on that first day go into the ministry or, or go into the office with high hopes and, and ambitions? They've got a range of powers already there. They've got Homes England all set up, ready to go. And then do they just get ground down by, by, by bureaucracy? Do they get ground down by other things? So, you know, in goes Sam, in goes Disney. Great hopes. You know, everyone agrees with those issues that need to be changed. And then about a week and a half later, there's a reason, there's a thousand good, good reasons why not. Is it attitude Some, change, do you think? Somebody I, I, let I, I, a localism I, genie out of the bottle and somebody <laughs> needs to be brave enough to yeah. put it back in the bottle. <laughs> Ian, I, I, I know, I, I, go on, Jelaine, sorry. I was going to say, I, you know, I, I think it's the Secretary of State has those powers and levers and magic buttons and, you know, things in bottles he can let out all around the place. But you've then got the big bad thing in the corner of the Treasury. You've got number 10 and all the kind of mechanics and mysteries and shadowy figures that, that lurk there. So no decision is ever 
as simple as it seems frustratingly. Mm. Um, and that's, that's always a challenge. I think, you know, yes, localism was let out of the bottle and you know, has, has, its, has its challenges. But taking us back to Sam's point, feels like hours ago, some minutes ago now, we've also got combined authorities. And combined authorities surely have a role to play in all of this that we haven't really mentioned yet. You know, they are steaming ahead. And in, in some places, you look at the West Mids, you look at Greater Manchester, you look at, you look at um, West of England. You know, there, there's a real desire to be commercially enterprising and, and to, and to you know, get, get to grips with the local area at, at, a, at a level at which you know, Whitehall is never going to do. Ian, if I may, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I could tell you were trying to bait me into offering something up there. Um, I, I, <laughs> no, I, 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 can, I, I can read you like a book. Um, <laughs> On that shallow, what, it's all right. What, what, I, what, I will, uh, what I will tell you is uh, an unnamed housing minister a couple of years ago told me that uh, the role of a housing minister is a placeholder. Uh, the job is to do as little as possible, stay out of the headlines and get moved on within a year. And don't do anything that might upset your chances if you one day throw your hat in the ring for the leadership. Because the vast, you know, as we know in the Conservative Party, um, that decision is members are influential in that. And if you are seen to be um, a sort of upstart pro-development reform the green belt, um, that will live long in the minds of Tory members. And when you throw your hat in the ring for the leadership in five years' time, um, that may be something that comes back to you. Um, I, I, I hate to add that was not one uh, that wasn't a member of the current MHLGT who I think to their credit have actually done a very good job of challenging that sort of assumed narrative. Um, but there you go. One, one thing I'd just like to add in, into the closing is um, uh, in terms of thinking about what the Secretary of State could do longer term, um, we're in a position now where, um, in my opinion, placemaking and mass planning is going to fundamentally change um, as a result of uh, the legacy of coronavirus and um, I think there was, uh, we might all remember a commission uh, that went by the name of Building Better, Building Beautiful, um, which notionally issued its final report in January of this year. Uh, I would like to see the commission reconstituted with a specific brief to think about how we can reimagine not only residential developments, but mixed use developments, town centre regenerations, um, to properly reflect the reality of wider pavements, more cycling space, yeah. possibly less use of cars. You know, th we, we might look back in 20 years and, and realise that this crisis was the, the real death knell for private car journeys. Um, you know, th this might be the shot in the arm we need to really sort of make a dent in poor people cycling and walking. I'm myself right. included. Tom, Tom, you might well there have actually just seen the, uh, the brief for one of the future podcasts coming up because this is one of the topics we're looking at in, in the future. I was just going to conscious that the term of Secretary of State is coming towards an end for each of you. So I'm just going to give you one 10 second slot um, to uh, each of you to, uh, to decide one last thing before you pass it over to the uh, next Secretary of State to, uh, to do in your, your final stages. Sam? We have uh, a, a Turkey State vote for Christmas, which is um, possibly one of the reasons why my area of um, my area of reform hasn't been reformed just at the minute yet. But we have one of the most decentralised forms of governance, uh, decentralised rather, I beg your pardon, in Western Europe. And um, that that needs to change. Good. Ian, I think, final chance. I think I'd use the powers I have already. I'd, I'd open the locker, look at them, and actually use some of the powers that are there, and I'd encourage others to use, use other powers, LDOs, etc. Um, in the context, I think, of what we are looking at is a renewed role for local government and the role for society. Ghislaine? 
your final uh, challenge before you hand over the mantle? I'm going to have two. I'm going to get rid of Sill. All of Sill. All oh, of Sill can go. Good call. Good call. Oh, we could go yeah, on to another podcast. Um, <laughs> I would, for that one. I would do something about shopping centres that isn't a permitted development right to make them into crap resi, but would do something more interesting to make them into decent residential. Very good. And finally, Tom. I'm going to double down on what I said earlier. More support for local government. National government has done a good job setting a framework, but I think local government understands the specific challenges it's facing. And I'd like to see more money for local government, um, both to help deal with the current planning process, but also to beef up housing delivery going forward. Well, in this uh, last 15, 20 minutes, we've managed to abandon the green belt and abandon sills. So Secretary of State, I, I admire your, uh, your ambition and your, uh, your bravery for that. And can I just thank everyone for listening to this? I hope you found it helpful. And thank you to our Secretary of State um, for the day, Tom Martin, Ghislaine Halpenny, Sam Stafford, and uh, from Ian Painting and myself. Um, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks all. Thank, thank you. you.